your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 2nd, 2021. Your boy Q here, coming off the heels of that Monday night football game, Kansas City and the New York Giants. And I'll tell you what, I'm not going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs because they're not the next team up on the schedule for the Silver and Black. I'm just going to talk about the Giants in one word, pathetic. That is one pathetic football team. And again, I'm not going to throw dirt on them because they're a football team. They're going to challenge the Raiders on Sunday as they travel to New York to take them on. But pathetic. They were pathetic on Monday Night Football. They had an opportunity to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't look that great. But like I said, not going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. They improved to 4-4 on the season with the win over the New York football Giants by three. They barely squeaked by the Giants, who uh, dropped to 2-6 and six on the season. But that's not what we're here to talk about today, but still kind of wanted to see how everything was going to shake out and see uh, you know, what kind of scouting report I can get following Monday night's game. And really, there wasn't a whole lot to take away from, except for the Giants are pathetic, and Kansas City, they got plenty of issues of their own. First off top, before I get into today's show, I'd like to thank you for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Lockdown Raiders podcast free and available on on all platforms. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, you got it, your calls and texts, straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, you know the number, 707-654-4693. Segment number two, I want to talk about show and prove. And my guy PE in North Carolina will know exactly what I'm talking about. His ears probably perked up right now if he's listening because he's the guy who brought that to my attention last season and said the Raiders need to show and prove. And what I mean by that is not a lot of folks, I mean there are folks nationally talking about the Raiders, but there's still a lot of folks that say, "Hey, yeah, I see they're 5 and 2. I see they're first in the AFC West, but still don't believe that they're going to be that team in the end because of what they've seen the last few seasons from the Silver and Black." So they're still on the fence. So what the Raiders have to do? They've got to show improve something my guy PE in North Carolina mentioned to me multiple times that that's what he wants to see the Raiders do and so what I got for you in segment number two is an example I had Cody Benjamin from cbssports.com on my radio show on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday and I asked him straight up about the teams in the AFC and I said hey you know the Raiders are number two the Titans are number one they had a, a major blow with Derrick Henry going down we'll talk about that in a bit The Ravens are behind the Raiders at number three, and then the Bills are there at number four. And I said, do you believe in the Raiders? And he really didn't. He was very hesitant. And you'll hear him talk about it in segment number two, and then I'll talk about what the Raiders have to do to get folks to actually believe that they're a real deal team and they're not going to see the same thing that you've seen the past few seasons, which is a collapse. That's coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, as we always do. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Off top, had some Raider roster news. It was reported on Monday, first by Vic Tafer, that the Raiders were planning on releasing linebacker Javen White. He's a linebacker out of UNLV, undrafted free agent, been on the roster now a couple years, been on the team a couple years now, but he was on IR. And so Vinny Bonsignor doubled down and said, look, White's going to come off of IR today, which was Monday, and then be activated to the 53-man roster. The Raiders have an open spot after Willie Sneed's release. And then if they're going to make a move like release him, it'll end up being today, which is Tuesday. And the reason for that, 
that is. That's just a formality. They can't put him, they can't release him straight off of IR. They got to release him or they got to put him on the active roster first and then they'll release him because they want to try to get him to revert back to the practice squad. They want to make sure he clears waivers and then they'll sign him back to the practice squad. So that was one move that they made. As a matter of fact, right after Vinny Bonsignor put out that tweet, that explanation, then the Raiders went followed up and tweeted, we've activated linebacker Javon White from the reserve injured list. We've restored safety haha Clinton Dix to the practice squad and released defensive back Tony Brown from the practice squad. So a total of three moves that they made on Monday with one expected today as far as Javon White being released, hoping he clears waivers so they can put him back on the practice squad. Other news and notes that happened across the league on Monday in the AFC West in particular, the Denver Broncos traded Vaughn Miller to the Rams. Adam Schefter put out a tweet early on Monday morning. Broncos are finalizing a trade to send eight-time Pro Bowl linebacker Vaughn Miller to the Rams in exchange for two second-day 2022 draft picks. So Vaughn Miller, he's out of there in Denver. He's now on his way to the Rams. He'll probably play this week against the Tennessee Titans. And for me, what that said, for a team that's 4-4 four and four and just came off a victory that they picked up over the Washington football team on Sunday, that basically they're waving the white flag. They're letting it be known that, hey, this isn't it. This season ain't going to get it done, and uh, we're going to go ahead and, and have a fire sale. Now, a lot of folks hit me up and said, Q, you think that the Raiders could have made that trade? Not with the Broncos. They weren't going to trade Von Miller and, and send him to the Raiders. It really blew my mind that they were willing to trade him at all, but here they are. Maybe they just don't feel like that this is the season. After all that hype early in the season, after them going 3-0 and and them being on fire, and they're the real deal team, and you know the Raiders weren't going to be nothing in the division. I mean, all that stuff we heard, and all of a sudden the Broncos starting to sell off all their players. So uh, I know the Raiders play them again a little bit later on in the season. Who knows who's going to be the quarterback at that point? Maybe Teddy Bridgewater gets traded back to the New Orleans Saints before it's all said and done, before today's tread deadline. Who knows? But Denver clearly is not in it for 2021. So Von Miller is now in the NFC playing with the Rams. And boy, that's going to make one hell of a, uh, a defense right there. You got Aaron Donald, you got Dante Fowler, and now Von Miller. That's some good pass rushers right there getting after the quarterback in the NFC West. And then the real big news that rolled out on Monday had to do with Tennessee Titans stud running back Derrick Henry. He's going to be out for the foreseeable future, potentially the entire season. He's going to have surgery today on his foot. That's a huge loss for a team that's sitting at 6-2 and two and the number one seed in the AFC West. Just came off that big win over the Colts and... Who knows what that's going to do to their season. I know that there's not another running back in the league that is used as much as Derrick Henry is in Tennessee. And he is such a big part of that offense. And for him to be out, and I know they're signing Adrian Peterson or they have signed Adrian Peterson. That's great. I know he's in shape. I know he's going to give them everything they got. But I'm telling you, he is not Derrick Henry. And so I don't know what's going to happen with the Tennessee Titans. But as I mentioned on Monday's show, everything is right there in front of the Raiders. Here is another kind of a, here, here's a crack in the door. Here's a crack for you to make your moves. All you got to do is win a bunch of games because now there's a, there's a real big hole, a void that's left in that Tennessee Titan offense without Derrick Henry being there. As a matter of fact, Cody Benjamin, who you'll hear in segment number two, he was on my show on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday, and I asked him straight up, you know, how does the Tennessee Titans, how do they hold on to that number one seed in the AFC? How do they hold on to that, that lead in the AFC South without King Henry? Well, yeah, I think it's, you know, at least until Adrian Peterson, you know, gets situated in that offense, and I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't doubt that he can manage a full workload, um, you know, within the next couple of weeks. But I think what it's going to do is it's going to ask more of Ryan Tannehill and then the passing game. I mean, the Titans' defense has, you know, they've they've had their struggles, their fair share of struggles this year. Um, I, I think that you know Tannehill, we saw a taste of kind of that reconnection with AJ Brown on Sunday against the Colts. You know, big game from AJ Brown, but 
Um, you know, this is the this is the spot where a guy like Julio Jones should really be stepping up and and being a part of that offense. And obviously, there's been different reasons for those struggles there this year. But um, I think you, you know, bringing in a guy like Adrian Peterson allows you to you know keep the running game involved, keep pounding it, keep being physical, but not to the extent that Derrick Henry allowed you to do that. So I think there will be more pressure on Ryan Tannehill in that passing offense, and you know. Quite simply, that connection between him and A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, that has to be working at least until Derrick Henry can get back for the playoff run. And that's only if Derrick Henry is able to get back for the playoff run. I just think that they've really, really put themselves in a bad position now. Again, I know Adrian Peterson is uh, going to be a Hall of Famer one day. I know he's really good, and I know damn well he's going to be in shape. But he is not ready to carry the load like Derrick Henry. He's not going to be that big of a factor on the offensive side of things as Derrick Henry. And I'm sorry, but I don't see... Ryan Tannehill carrying the load like Cody suggested right there. I just don't see it. Is he a good quarterback? Sure. But he's not the guy that I just think he's going to put the team on his back and carry them to the promised land. I don't see that. And so again, none of this really matters if the Raiders don't go out there and handle their business. But if you're just kind of looking at the, you know, at at the grand scheme of things, again, you got to take it one week at a time. None of this matters if the Raiders don't handle their business this week against the Giants. But it's just something interesting to pay attention to because again, things are shaping up nicely for the silver and black. They've got to do the hard part, which is go handle their business. But that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Speaking of handling their business, they've got to handle their business so people believe that they are not the same team that they have been the past couple seasons when they get off to really good starts and then collapse in the second half of the season. they got to show and they got to prove that they are a different team and who this Raiders team really is and who Rich Bisaccia really is as a leader. I'll tell you why coming up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about a fantastic app that anyone who drives needs to have on their phone, an incredible app. It's called Get Upside, and all listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play and do it right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. There's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or even an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, download the free GetUpside app, use that promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you're going to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, the promo code is TOUCHDOWN. The app is called GetUpside. If you're driving, you need to have it. And I know there ain't too many people who ain't driving, so get it. It's called GetUpside. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about the Raiders and the fact that they need to show and prove. And the reason why I want to talk about this today is because I didn't know that this was going to be a topic that I was going to talk about. I've been talking about the Raiders sitting at five and two, 
number one in the AFC West, you know, obviously number two in the AFC Conference, been talking about what they've got to do to make a playoff run because I fully expect this team to be a playoff run. I've seen the team up close and personal in training camp. I've seen the team up close and personal in the preseason. So I've been saying, and God is my witness, I've been saying that this team is a different team. But that doesn't mean that they're a different team just because I say they are. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says that they're a different team either. They've got to go out and show that they're not the team that they were last year when they were looking really good, then all of a sudden collapsed down the stretch. Or the year before where they were looking really good and then collapsed down the stretch. So every once in a while, I kind of take for granted that others from the outside are like, yeah, but we want to wait to see if they really are going to continue to win the games that they're supposed to and then even win some of these very difficult games. And in the next few games, I mean, they got some tough ones. The Giants, as we saw on Monday Night Football, they're pathetic. The Raiders should have no problem with them. But now that doesn't mean that they're going to go in there and just walk all over the G-men, but it means they should go in there and win that game. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind if they go to New York and lose that game, that's an absolute fail. Something went wrong coming off the bye week. You cannot go into New York and lose that game, especially after what we saw from the Giants on Monday Night Football. Then, of course, you got the big showdown with the Chiefs in Allegiant Stadium, Sunday Night Football primetime. They can't be looking forward to that. They can't get caught in a Giants trap game. They cannot just be looking forward and saying, hey, can't wait to play that game and get some revenge on the Chiefs. They've got to take it one game at a time. It's okay for me to look forward. It's okay for you to look forward and go through the schedule and say, okay, this is where the wins are. This is where the losses are. This is what it's going to take to get to the playoffs. That's okay for us to do and have conversation. That's what we're supposed to do. But they can't do that. They've got to take it one game at a time. And so how this conversation really came up is I had Cody Benjamin from CBS Sports. You heard him in the first segment. He was on my radio show on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday, and we were talking about the trade deadline. I was talking about is there some teams out there that he thinks could be sellers like the Miami Dolphins. I know apparently folks are tired of me talking about Byron Jones being a possibility for the Raiders to make a move for him, even though you ask me who I think that the Raiders should make a move for, and then I say it, and then you get mad. But hey, that's another subject. We'll get to that at some other point. But we got to talking about the AFC Conference. We were talking about the tennis Titans and the loss of Derrick Henry and I said look the Titans are number one right now in the AFC the Raiders are right behind them at number two right behind them are the Ravens at number three who the Raiders have already beat and then the Buffalo Bills sitting there at number four what was his confidence level in the Raiders to continue to handle their business as they navigate through the through the waters of this season and well his confidence level wasn't very high check it out yeah the Raiders are and I know you know you're I'm talking on a a station that that's all about the you know this this market and I know you're a Raiders guy and so I I um I apologize because I feel like I just the Raiders are the one team that I can't um I, I'm just not fully in yet and and um, I watched them you know I watched Derek Carr complete any pass he wanted to against the Eagles I've watched Derek Carr sling it around um, with the authority of you know a top five top ten quarterback this year um, I've seen them now at least so far weather this John Gruden, you know, uh, scandal. And so mm-hmm. the Raiders have at every turn uh, proven me wrong this year. I mean, going into the year, if you would ask me about the Raiders, I would have said they were much closer to having to blow it all up uh, rather than competing for a playoff spot. And so they've proven me wrong at every turn, and yet uh, and you look at the division, and the Chiefs are really struggling. I mean, the Chargers have, have lost more games than we thought. The Broncos, I think they're, I mean, despite the win, I think they are not in a great position moving forward. So the path is there. I just look at teams around the AFC, the Bills, the Ravens, even the Bengals, even though they lost, the Titans. I just like their chances a little better. But, hey, 
Um, it's never bad to be the underdog. The Raiders have been it all year. It's working for him. So there's Cody Benjamin talking about the reasons why he's not sold on the silver and black yet. And look, it's not just because he says it, you know, just because he says it doesn't mean it's gospel, but it just kind of gives you a good idea of what some folks on the outside are saying. And, you know, okay, him talking about the Bills, I get it. Him talking about the Ravens, I get it. But he even put the Cincinnati Bengals who, oh, by the way, they haven't been very good for a very long time. And I know they're off to a good start. I know they're playing good ball, even though they lost to the Jets on Sunday. But he put them into the conversation and didn't have the silver and black in the conversation. It's like, hey, they have proven me wrong. To their credit, they've proven me wrong. But I'm just not there yet. I'm just not there. So my point is there's a lot of folks that see what the Raiders are doing, seeing that they're sitting there at 5-2, and two, but they're just waiting for that shoe to drop. And some of those folks are Raider Nation. I know some of you are listening and probably like, yeah, Q, I'm kind of waiting for it to fall too, just because that's what we've seen the past few seasons. So this is where it's showing and proving comes into play. Going again back to what P.E. in North Carolina said, that the Raiders have to do that. Well, he was talking about that when John Gruden was still the head coach. Now he's no longer there. So now the team itself, not the coaching staff, but the team, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Max Crosby, Unique Ngakwe, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, the leaders of the Raiders squad, they've got to show and prove who they really are. they got to show and prove that they're a different team. Again, like you heard Cody say, the path is there. It's not like there's not an opportunity for them, and that's what I've been getting excited about. That's what I've been getting fired up. Man, folks are hitting me up talking about, man, Q, you know, I hear your excitement. I'm so ex- I'm fired up about this season, and, and I am fired up because I see the path. You know, I mean, when you see something and you know it's there and you know that, hey, maybe you, the team just needs a break here or a break there, and then they can just jump on it. Well, those breaks have happened for the Raiders, and who knows how many more breaks they may have along the way, but they got those breaks. Now they've got to go ahead and handle their business. They can't be done for them. They've got to go do it. And so this is really going to show you who these guys are. That 2019 draft class with Josh Jacobs, Crosby, Hunter Renfro, you know, Trayvon Mullen, I know he's on IR right now, but those guys, they, they said at the beginning of the year, this is their team now. They're taking ownership of this team. Jonathan Abram, they're going out there and they're going to be the leaders of this squad. They've done it so far with the help of some other veterans and some young dudes on the squad like a Trayvon Merrick and Nate Hobbs, you know, cats like that. Of course, Kenyon Drake, they brought him in. Casey Hayward's been great. Uh, Ngakwe, I mentioned him before. They've got to go out there and show that they're ready to man up. And when I say man up, I mean, first of all, winning the games that they're supposed to like this week against the Giants. And then you can focus 100% on that big matchup you're going to have with the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. That's going to be fantastic environment if the Raiders go and handle their business. But they can't look ahead. They can't think about that game. They've got to go worry about traveling to the East Coast and taking care of the Giants, who are not a good team. They're just not a good team. A lot of their weapons are down. A lot of their guys are banged up and injured. Will they have Saquon Barkley back? Maybe. But honestly, it shouldn't even be a factor. Daniel Jones is not a very good quarterback. Joe Judge is not a very good coach. Jason Garrett's not a very good offensive coordinator. There's a lot of not very good going on with the New York football giants, and the Raiders have to expose that. They have to handle their business against them like they handled their business against the Broncos, and they handled their business against the Philadelphia Eagles. Go out there in dominating fashion, and then they're going to start to get people to believe. And again, they're not doing it just to get people to believe that, hey, this team is for real. I can care less if nobody believed the whole way up until the damn Super Bowl. (laughs) I don't care if they're playing in the AFC Championship game and they're like, you know, I still don't believe in this Raider team. That's fine. That doesn't matter. But they've got to prove to themselves. That's the point. When I'm talking about showing and prove, I'm not talking about showing and prove to me or you or PE in North Carolina. I'm talking about to themselves. They've got to get over that hump that they are not who they've been the last couple seasons. And when they can prove to themselves 
when they actually have that confidence that they know that they got something special, when they start going out and winning games in dominating fashion, and they think they can look at each other in the mirror and say, hell, we are a really good team. We got something here. When they can confidently say that they got something, that's when they can become a special team, and that's when special things happen. Again, it is all laid out. The, the blueprint is there. You know when you say you can map it all out, and then some, you just got to follow the, the blueprint? That's what the Raiders have got to do. It's mapped out for them. They've just got to go, and they've got to follow the blueprint. They've got to show and prove who they are. To the outside world, great. But more importantly, they need to show and prove who they are to themselves. And it starts this week with the New York Giants as they're coming off the bye week. And you saw what the Giants did against the Chiefs. They stunk it up. So the Raiders should handle their business this week. And, of course, we'll be talking a lot of G-Man, talking about keys to this game coming up on Sunday. What do they got to do to go in there and uh, get that victory? We'll be talking to Patricia Trainer a little bit later in the week with the crossover edition. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to the New York football Giants. But first and foremost, the Raiders need to have that conversation with themselves about showing and proving exactly who they are. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about Beachbound. Because in life, we're all bound for different things, right? With Beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure. Maybe you could be bound for passion or bound for togetherness, bound for a rejuvenation, or maybe bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, I'm a beach resort kind of dude. Give me a beer, give me a poolside, even though I'm not going to get in the water, sit there and chill and relax. I'm all good about that. I'm down for creating my own just little relaxation type vacation. And as long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'm as happy as I can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find that perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. So what are you bound for? Well, visit Beachbound.com today. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Rahul in Seattle. He's calling to talk about a potential move the Raiders can make before the trade deadline that's later on this afternoon. Here he is, Rahul in Seattle. Hey, Q, it's Rahul from Seattle. You know, uh, you talked on uh, Monday about uh, making a splash move, a trade, obviously. Uh, you know, I, I look at our team and I think we we definitely should build a little bit more depth at the line, uh, both lines. Uh, on offensive line, certainly a tackle would be would be amazing if we could get a tackle, a swing tackle maybe, uh, someone who could come in for injury. Uh, maybe even supplant Parker. I mean, if we could get a tackle, if we could trade right now for a tackle that's better than Brandon Parker at right tackle, then, <laughs> I mean, we really need to look at that because – you know, we might struggle against defenses that actually can rush the passer. You know, I mean, against Chicago and San Diego, we had, and I know they're LA, against LA, uh, against Chicago and San Diego, we had trouble because they can rush the passer a little bit and they can cover. You know, we struggle usually against teams like that. Now, against Philly, we didn't. So, I don't know. Maybe even though we usually did struggle, maybe we were able to scheme our way around that typical disadvantage. But in any event, uh, I think if we're going to trade, we should trade for a tackle. I think on defense, we need someone who's going to help us shore up the inside run. Now, here's my thing. I've been saying this for, I don't know how many years, at least two years. Everyone loves Jonathan Hankins because he is 
quote-unquote so good at stopping the run. Oh, he does all the dirty work. He picks up double teams, all this stuff. But if he's so good at doing all this dirty work, why do we always get gashed up the middle? If our defense is weak in one area, it's stopping the inside run, which we routinely get gashed. I mean, we frankly, we were a little bit lucky that both Denver, Denver and Philly got away from that because that was working for them. I don't know why they didn't just keep going back to that. Um, you know, even when the game was still in the balance in the first half, you know, we didn't really run away with the game until about third quarter. But in any event, we need to have a guy who's going to be able to plug the middle a little bit up on the run. I think a guy would be better than Hankins. Um, I don't know if we can even find these guys, but if we were going to look for a trade, I, I don't think the secondary is quite that necessary. You know, Mullins coming back, Hobbs is a beast, Hayward is playing amazing. Uh, you know, face on is just good too. So, anyway, one love. There he goes. That's my guy Rahul in Seattle. Thank you so much for that call, my man. And you're looking at the trenches. Bolster up the right tackle spot or the interior defensive line or any of those. And I get it. Look, hey man, the trenches are where it's at. Your team is going to go how far the trenches take you. The offensive line and defensive line. If there's a really good quality right tackle out there that could be had, great. And I get it, man. Brandon Parker, he's been playing well since he's been at that uh, right tackle spot and they kicked uh, Leatherwood into right guard. But it's still Brandon Parker and you still get nervous just because you know the history. So I totally get what you're saying when it comes to that as far as a, a run stuffer on defense. Uh, Quentin Williams is a thought. Fletcher Cox is a thought. Um, you know, not sure who's available or if the Raiders plan on making a move. But uh, those are a couple guys that I'd definitely be thinking about if at all possibility. Like I said, Fletcher Cox or Quentin Williams, uh, that's right up there. As long as the price is right, as long as they can make that work, fit it into the, you know, into the scheme of everything and fit it into the locker room, fit these guys into the locker room, that'd be a good thing. So thank you so much for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a text from Isaiah out of the boonies of Washington. It says, Q, big things to come after this bye. We'll learn the truth when it comes to the heart of this team and our interim coach. Last two years, we've imploded after the bye, but there's a big difference this year. No Gruden. Don't get me wrong. I think what he did for us is invaluable. Regardless of that, we shall not speak on, but especially the staff he put in place. I think we have everything we need to keep winning. Our number one alpha dog, Derek Carr at the helm. I truly believe we get 11 wins this year and make the playoffs. Raiders. That's Isaiah out the boonies of Washington. And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of folks want to, you know, goof on Gruden, but the one thing I'll say is uh, the roster that the Raiders are playing with right now, that team that's, that's, going and handling their business and we're expecting to handle their business each and every week is the roster that he helped put together him and Mike Mayock he helped put that uh, staff together as well including Rich Basaccia including Gus Bradley including Tom Cable including everyone who's on that squad I mean that's all helped put together all put together by John Gruden and company so uh, if you want to goof on on him that's fine but just realize that that squad is still a squad that that he helped put together and I do think that this team is different I mentioned it multiple times including in segment number two I feel like they're built different and I feel like they're a team that's not going to collapse down the stretch but uh, like I said in segment number two it's not about just talking about it it's about being about it so they got to go out there and show and prove thank you so much for that text I appreciate you next up got a quick call from Nick in Connecticut he's talking about this week's game against the Giants and the fact that he's going to be there here he is Nick in Connecticut thank you uh, it's Nick out in Connecticut I just finally listened to Friday's podcast, and uh, personally, the only game I really want to be thinking about is the game against the Giants next week, next Sunday, uh, November 7th, and I am stoked because I'll be there myself, and this will be the second game in two years that I, I've gone to East Rutherford MetLife uh, to see them play a uh, New York team. Last time it was the Jets. But this time I'm a little apprehensive to be uh, assuming that the Raiders would win. But we will see. 
time will tell. Thanks to you for all you do. Take care. There he goes. That's Nick. Congratulations on getting to go to the game, my man. And hopefully the Raiders play a lot cleaner game than the last time you were at a game. Uh, they need to go into this games with a purpose. They need to go out there and dominate like they did against Philadelphia and against Denver. They just absolutely need to do that with all the opportunity they have in the world, sitting at where they're sitting. Uh, hopefully they didn't watch that Monday night football game. I don't even want them to see how bad the Giants are. I hope, I'm hoping they go into that game thinking that the Giants are a lot better than what we saw on Monday night football because that was awful. That's the key right there. It's just go in there and handle your business. Don't play around with those cats. Just go in there and dominate like we all know that they're capable of doing. They've done it the last two games out and uh, they just got to keep that up. Next is text message from my guy Raider Ed out the 818. He says, hey Q, Raider Ed out the 818. As we move into the second half of the season, we seem to be clicking a bit better on offense. Not taking away what we did the first three weeks, but under Gruden, we seem to have a certain pace to the games. What I mean by that is we would start off in rhythm and get a slight lead and go away from what was working quickly, and the play calling would get conservative. Sometimes taking Carr and the rest of the team out of rhythm for most of the game or until a late game comeback was necessary. My point is, Gruden built a solid roster, a very good coaching staff, and clearly has a very good offensive scheme. Do you think that Gruden was just a bad play caller? Not always, but he seemed to put limits on Carr. Both Carr and the offense seem more wide open now. Is it possible Gruden's play calling was holding them back? I think Olsen is doing great, and Carr's confidence is through the roof. Let me know what you think. Thanks. I'm out. Raider Nation. That's Raider Ed out the 818. And I'll say this, uh, the Raiders weren't really getting off to good starts at the beginning of the season. If you think back, they were getting off to slow starts for the longest. Really, it, I mean, it really took until Greg Olson started taking over the play calling. And I just think that John Gruden got into his own rhythm where he was very comfortable with certain play calls and everybody knew it. You know, it was one of those things. What did everyone say for the longest that his play calling was predictable? Well, now people don't have an idea of what Greg Olson wants to do. And so far, they only got a two-game sample size of what he wants to do and how he wants to do things. Like, you're seeing a lot more play-action pass. You're starting to see, you know, more screen passes. You're starting to see a little bit more creativity on offense. And, again, he also knows Derek Carr very well, going all the way back to Derek Carr's rookie year. So I think there's certain things about D.C. that Greg Olson understands, and he understands how to get the most out of them. So uh, it's something that could be a good thing. Uh, it could have been John Gruden's way just kind of got stale. And, and that's okay. Sometimes that happens. And maybe Greg Olson as the play caller and Rich Basacci as the interim head coach, maybe those are the key pieces to help the Raiders take that next step instead of being that team that just goes eight and eight or nine and seven or you know not making the playoffs maybe they're the, t the pieces that help get the team to the next level so uh, you're right Gruden built a really good staff built a really good roster and the team is obviously capable of doing some special things they've just got to go out there and do it there's a lot of capable there's a lot of potential there's a lot of they have the opportunity but that all sounds good and looks good on paper, but they've got to go get it done on the field. Thank you for that text, my man. I appreciate you. Next up, and I got time for a couple more. I got a call from Raider Izzy. He's calling in to respond to Canton Raider 330 to shed a little bit more light on the reason why you're not seeing KJ right on the field as much and also an area of the team he'd like to see an addition made. Here he is, Raider Izzy. What up, Q? Raider Izzy. Wanted to uh, chime in. Um, Canton Raider 330, I think, was uh... – the, the caller, um, they actually sent you a text talking about uh, KJ Wright. Um, something else I wanted to throw in there, just because I'm a football nerd, so this stuff intrigues me. Um, so KJ Wright is a Sam linebacker. Uh, one thing with the cover three defense, as the passing attacks really groom, and like you have all these spread offenses now, the Sam linebacker is the one that comes off the field first outside of the base defense. Um, and that's KJ Wright's forte. He's the, he's the Sam linebacker. He's, that's, that's what he is. 
So he's the first one they're going to take off the field when they put the nickel corner in. So odds are when you see Nate Hobbs on the field, you're not going to see K.J. Wright. And Hobbs has been playing out of his mind, and we've been playing a lot of spread offenses. So that's just kind of a – just for, for Canton Raiders, wanted to kind of throw that out there too, which is to add on to that. But anyway, um, something I wanted to potentially upgrade – and not necessarily upgrade, but in addition, I'd like to make the team because it's – I don't want to say a concern of mine, but I, I really want to make sure we get through this season healthy so we can get as far as we can. Um, I love Hunter Renfro. He's one of my favorite players on the team. I, I want another punt returner. I, I, I hate seeing him getting so much burn in special teams. He's so valuable to our offense, especially on third down, obviously. I, I would really love if we could find a punt returner. Honestly, it sounds really simple. It's probably – not as important as I think it is, but I just want to get Hunter Renfro off special teams. He's way too important to our offense right now, but that's just my opinion. But anyway, as always, bro, love the show. Keep doing your thing. Love you. Later. Great stuff right there from Raider Izzy. Thank you so much for that call, my man. And now it was a great simple breakdown of why you don't see KJ as much. Probably the way I should have worded it to begin with. But, hey, good stuff. I do appreciate it. And as far as Hunter goes, it'd be great to see him not be put in harm's way because he is so valuable, like you mentioned. But I'll tell you, man, that dude's a football player. He would hate to be taken out of that position. I mean, he wants to do everything and anything that he can do to help the team. I mean, he and he got such good hands, too. That's the other thing. Uh, the Raiders would hate, hate to take him off the field because his hands are so solid. So uh, I don't think you'll see Hunter Renfro removed from that position, but I totally get why <laughs> why you'd want him removed because you want to keep him out of harm's way. Thank you so much for that, uh, that call, my man. I uh, got time for one more text from Jay Rome in the 505. Yo, Q. It's your boy Jay Rome from the 505. Listen to your show on my way to work early in the morning. I'd love to see the Raiders grab an O-lineman or a cornerback before the deadline. Great teams look to get better no matter how the season's going. Just heard the news with Derrick Henry possibly being out for the year. That's huge. Hate to see injuries, but without him, I see them struggling. We have a chance for home field advantage. I know it's early, but what do you think? That's Jay Rome in the 505. And yeah, normally I don't like to talk about, and thank for the, uh, the text, my man. Normally I don't like to talk about going too far ahead or looking too far ahead, but you're absolutely right. That news about Derrick Henry is huge. I don't think Tennessee is able to overcome that. If they are, hey, you, you salute them, hats off to them, and, and you just give them their props. I don't think they are. I don't think Ryan Tannehill's built like that, and I think Adrian Peterson is good. Don't think at this point in his career he's great. So we'll see about that. And again, it goes back to the Raiders handling their business. It goes back to the Raiders showing and proving. It's going back to the Raiders not being the same team that we've seen the last couple seasons. they got to go out there and be the team that sees all the opportunities right there in front of them they just got to realize how to take advantage of it. And so if they do know how to do that, then there could be some good things. I would love to see this team just take full advantage, go on a nice run, and boom, set themselves up for the playoffs. I'd love for them to have a playoff spot already locked up before week 17 when they play, or the 18th week, sorry, game 17, when they play the Chargers. You know, I mean, I think it might come down to that. It really might. It might come down to that final game in Allegiant Stadium, and that's okay, too. At least that's giving themselves a chance, right? But... They, there's so much that they can do, and there's so much right in front of them. They just got to go out there and do it. So, uh, yeah, if they were to go and make a move right before the trade deadline to say, hey, we're all in on this year, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I know some folks told me that, hey, they don't need anything else. They're, they're good with the squad that they got, but I think you could always improve the roster. So uh, that's just my thoughts. We'll see what happens a little bit later on this afternoon as the trade deadline nears and nears, see if the Raiders do anything. But thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And that's all I got time for on today's show. Coming up tomorrow, we'll hear from Raider Tony, a.k.a. King Raider. We'll hear from Brent from Boston, Jordan, Oregon, plus 
you. 707-654-4693. We'll have more news and notes of the day. And, of course, we'll have a lot more conversation as we start to talk about the New York football giants and what the Raiders need to do to end up at 6-2. A little bit later on this week, we'll have Patricia Trainer. She's host of the Locked On Giants. She'll hit you with the crossover edition so you can really get a deep dive into the G-Man. So we got a lot coming up on tomorrow's show, the next day, and the rest of the week. So until then, Raider Nation, stay safe, take care of your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.